Hello there, friend. Welcome back to the Cash Confidence Stylist Podcast. So before we get into this episode, I got a question for you. How often do you ask yourself, where the hell is my money going? Okay, look, a lot of us, that runs in a constant loop in our mind. And it's time to take your first step towards financial empowerment. So I wanted to give you a free resource that is going to help you do just that. I wanna give you Assess Your Situation, which is the first module in my course, as well as your guide to figuring out where the fuck your money is actually going. Sorry if you have kids in the car. So this is gonna be a free guide that I've created to help you break the loops, providing you with tools to assess your current financial situation. You don't even have to break out the calculator and to help you gain awareness about what you actually need to start making those money moves where it truly matters. So go ahead and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the show notes and snag it. The link is down there um, and enjoy this episode. Let me know how assessing your situation goes. Thanks friends. This is Misty Jane, and you're listening to Backroom Beauty Talks, a real, raw, and unedited podcast that helps uplift the hair industry one stylist at a time. Hello there, friends. Welcome back to Backroom Beauty Talks. I just want to shoot you a reminder. If you follow me on Instagram, I am now making a Backroom Beauty Talks Instagram. It is going to be a whole separate beautiful thing. Um, So do not forget to head on over to the new page. Give it a follow. There's not a whole lot on there yet, but it's coming. So bear with me. Today I'm talking once again with one of my very good friends, Jordan. Jordan paints hair on Instagram. Um, Today we're talking about what success could possibly look like for you. I had somebody reach out and ask if you are not if you're a stylist and you're not wanting to be like an educator or a coach or anything like that, um, how can you be still be successful in the industry? And I found that a really interesting question because nothing trumps one, one or the other. Like being a coach is not greater than being a stylist or vice versa. So we really dive deep into this and Jordan gives some great insights on how to find success and figure out what success looks like for you. So please enjoy. Um, I believe this is Jordan's third time on the podcast and it definitely will not be her last. She is always um, a favorite, one of mine to talk to and two of um, everyone who listens to her because she's just full of knowledge. So please enjoy. And if you like this episode, don't forget to screenshot it, post it on the gram, tag me, tag Jordan, tag the new Instagram page, and don't forget to go give it a follow. It is Backroom Beauty Talks. Um, And enjoy. Hello, Jordan Paints Hair. (laughs) Hello, Misty Jane. Welcome back to Backroom Beauty Talks for the third time. I feel like we should just do this once a month at this point. (laughs) Got it. So today we are going to chat a little, well, first of all, tell the listeners, if they do not know who you are, um, tell the listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do. Um, I am Jordan. I am your um, friendly neighborhood stylist from Dallas, Texas. Um, I teach hair color. I do some coaching um, and I just, I love education. I nerd out on hair color um, and I'm just all about the industry and community. I love having these conversations. I love uplifting other stylists. Um, I love where the industry is going and I just am excited to be here. And the industry loves you too. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> so today we're kind of, we kind of have a topic today, which is a little abnormal for um, my podcast, but I wanted to talk. Somebody asked me, if you don't want to be an educator in the hair industry, how can you level up as um, in the industry as a stylist? And I thought that was a very interesting question because I don't think that it's a hard answer. Um, but I think that you and I could dig a little bit deeper into it. Um, what would, if just answering that question off the bat, what would you say? Um, well, I would answer that with a question and just say, well, what are your intentions behind that? Like, for instance, to me, that means like, how do I get known notoriety? If I don't want to teach, how do I get my status up there where people know who I am basically? Right. Like, is that how you took it? Um, I was thinking more of just like how to be successful as a stylist, like not even thinking, you know, like I'm just a stylist behind, cause I think that there's this misconception with social media that like the progression is, you know, you start in a commission salon and then you move to a booth rental and then you go to a suite and then you open a business and then you become an educator or somewhere, you know, like that, where it's like, you know, if you've been in the business long enough, you need to start teaching stylists. And I don't think that that's true. I think it's just what people are seeing. And I think that, um, stylists should know that like, you don't, that doesn't have to be like a path. Like you can be a amazing hairstylist in any kind of like in a commission salon, you know, mm -hmm. depending on what your values are and what you want for your life, essentially. Yeah. I was, I was just, I mean, I understand the question. I was just confused. Cause in my mind, I'm like, well, that's easy. Like, right. You can be successful anywhere, anything. And I think I wonder too, if someone that has that question, maybe it's their mindset of where they are at, because for me, it's just a no brainer of, well, first of all, find out, sit down and write down and journal what your idea of success is. Mm -hmm. What does that look like? What does that feel like? And then work backwards from there because successful, like if there is a stylist that is making, um, 40 grand a year, working when they want to work, happy, enjoying their clientele, doing what they love, and just sitting in their little small suite somewhere, that's successful as long as they're happy. So it's just really what you think is successful. So I just kind of took that question is how do I get to be known or like have some notoriety, quote unquote, successful in the hair world if I'm not educating and that's an easy answer too. If I, if I was just, if I only cared about being known, all I would do is post stuff that would go viral. Right. Which is not content. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess it just depends on what your idea of success is, you know? I agree. I think that there's this like, um, you know, it comes back down to comparison. Like it's easy to see what everyone else is doing. And then you start thinking, well, am I not doing enough? You know? And it's yeah. like, it's again, especially with the online space where we're constantly seeing people's quote unquote successes or what we're perceiving as successes. But does that, is that even what you want? Like I see people and I'm like, oh, look how successful they are. And then I'm like, but I don't want to do any of the things that they're doing to get there. Like that would not make me happy, you know, for my life. So I think that anyone who's asking that question, you really have to say, well, what do you want? Do you want to be that person? Do you want to do what that person did? Or do you want your idea of what success is? Because for me, success is getting my son off of the school bus. Right. You know? Here's the, here's the, here's the thing. Success is not a destination. It's a feeling. Yeah. 
Amen. It's not, I think people think of success like, oh, if I could do this, or when I get to be um, a salon owner, then I'm successful. But again, if you are happy and loving your life and feeling fulfilled doing something that would be considered minimal, that is successful, right? Like if you look at somebody who got really big in the industry, they have a lot of followers, everyone knows who they are, but if they're not busy behind the chair or if they're not, if their business isn't an ideal professional business situation, is that successful? Well, yeah, it's successful if the feeling that you're trying to achieve is notoriety and that kind of status. But if your idea of success is feeling secure and safe in your business and having a lot of clients then no, that wouldn't be successful. So it's kind of a, you know, it's, it's a feat for me. It's a feeling. It's not a destination. I totally agree. I totally agree. I mean, at the end of the day, everything is like, how do you want to feel right? Like, how do you want to feel in your life? How do you want to feel in your business? Like, you know, nobody wants that burnout feeling. So like, what do you need to do to get out of that? Yeah, no, I love that. Yeah. It was interesting. Cause like when I saw that question, I was like, well, I felt like I was like, well, that's easy you know, you just build a great business, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So let's answer it in that aspect. Maybe she just wants to be a stylist. I say that not in like Jess, like, oh, just want to be a, I don't mean it like that, but like that is what she loves to do. I don't know if this is the case. This was like a one sentence question, by the way. So I don't know the, I don't even remember who sent it, but, <laughs> um, but okay. So you're just quote unquote, just a stylist. Like, how do you build a great business in that aspect? You can answer this. I feel like you could answer this for hours. <laughs> so you sit down and you really journal and not just once, but over time, what would make you happiest? What hours are you working? What services are you doing? What the person, what clients are you doing? What is their personality? You journal all of this and then you work backwards and then you use Instagram, which is, I know that we all have a love-hate relationship with Instagram, but as much as I get annoyed with it, I'm like, I can't hate it because it's really gotten me to where I am. Like when, when have we ever had a free tool that we could use to our advantage to get where we want to be? So I would do all that. And then I would really hone in on your branding and marketing and use Instagram to attract that clientele. And then the more of those dream clients that you have, then you start letting go of the services that you don't want to do. You start letting go of the personalities you don't want to see and slowly, but surely it's just the evolution of business. Well, then you get to the point where you just love going to work. Like you look at your book and you see people that you're excited to see, you know, it's really a great feeling and it's possible and it's possible faster than people think, you know, you just have to sometimes have the hard conversations. For sure. And you just have to be consistent. You just have to, you just have to be, determined, you know, things don't happen overnight. I feel like people get very discouraged, like, oh, well, Instagram's too saturated or this or that. I mean, we could, when in reality, that's just an deep down insecure of putting your insecurity of putting yourself out there, feeling rejected, you know what I mean? Which is completely understandable because no one wants to feel rejected. No one wants to put their work online and have it picked apart, you know? No one wants to put their work online to show clientele and then clients, then feel like clients aren't choosing them, they're choosing other people. But the thing is, if you go back, even if you feel like you don't know what to post or you don't know what to do, if you just start doing, things will evolve. Like you you can't just, you can't post consistently and use Instagram without it evolving over time. Because once you're doing something consistently, like when you started doing highlights, 
Mm-hmm. You do highlights every day. And what happens? Your foils get cleaner. Your sections are neater. Your, they, your foils lift higher. You're getting a more even lift because you're realizing, you know, I can't take this much hair. I need to take thinner sections. Like it evolves over time and it only gets better. I mean, pick your favorite influencer. I don't really follow a lot of influencers, but pick your favorite influencer. It doesn't have to be hair and scroll back and mm-hmm. look at the evolution of their page of what they do you know what I mean it's just you can't do something consistently without it getting better and I think a lot of people that want to get somewhere in the hair business they don't have the determination and they can't get over the feel the fear of feeling rejected yes well you had said to me um on one of our many calls one time um about like human like we just want to feel safe and like that's stuck with me so much because it's so true because like you put yourself out there and then you're worried people are going to like, have, like you said, have pushback, you know, not accept you, whatever. And that makes us feel unsafe. Um, but it's okay to start messy, you know, like that's, I mean, this podcast, I'm literally, again, sitting here. This is probably going to be like the 60th episode. I'm surrounded by blankets and pillows because I'm in my office. <laughs> I have a $25 microphone hooked up to a computer and it's not fancy and it's not exciting. It's messy. It's just throwing it out there. And the first couple of episodes are short and I didn't know how to talk to people. And then now you hear the progression of, I get used to it. And it's the same thing with putting stuff online. Oh my God. My first pictures, they're, they're almost comical. I'll have to put, I'm going to post the picture of my first balayage. (laughs) Oh, I did. Have you seen mine? Because I, I haven't deleted anything. I keep all my stuff up. And I, re- I posted them in my stories not too long ago, like the first. And even my favorite thing to do is clients that I've had, you know, for seven years, putting all their photos together from yes. like 2015 to 2022 and how the hair color has gotten better, how the photography has gotten better. Like, and the good news is, is once you do get started on something, whether that be your podcast, whether that be posting on Instagram, whether that be you know, learning how to do a new technique in hair color. Once you get started and it does start evolving, then it gets easier because you're already doing it. It's just something that you do. And when you think about it, when you're talking about safety and feeling rejected, if you think about, this is going to sound crazy, but it's just science, right? Like way back in the day when we're hunters and gatherers, right? We're living in tribes of people. If you said something or did something to upset somebody, um, or did something that someone didn't like the, the fear of feeling accepted comes from being kicked out of the group. If you're kicked out of your tribe, you're going to die. So right. it's really like a life and death kind of thing. And our fear of acceptance really just comes from survival. Like, you know, and, um, it's really crazy when you think about it that way, you know? Well, and I think for me, like I've learned, especially this year, like I did never thought that I had a scarcity mindset. Like I've never like, you know, like, for example, if somebody's listening and they're like scared to raise their prices because they're scared all their clients are going to leave them. They're scared nobody's going to come and pay that much, right? Like it's that scarcity mindset that I'm going to lose everything. Um, And it's interesting because this past year doing all this work that I've done, I've realized it's like, once you get past that idea and you just do the thing, right? Like you do whatever the thing is that is in your head that you've been wanting to do and you just do it, you realize that it's not like, not everything's just going to disappear. Like you're going to figure it out like one way or another. And maybe you figure it out that you don't like it and you want to switch gears. Maybe you figure out, 
you know, to do it better and, you know, whatever, like you're going to figure it out. You're not going to get to the point where you're kicked out of the group, right? Like you're going to find help. You're going to find support. You know, you're going to go to classes, you're going to, you know, whatever it may be. Um, but you do, you have to start and you have to keep going. Yeah, I 100% agree. And one tool that people can use to do that um, is something that I learned from our girl, Kay Elizabeth Faye, is to find proof, right? Mm -hmm. So when you have a scarcity mindset or when you are scared to, that you're not going to be accepted, you know, we're always thinking about, you know, scarcity and anxiety comes from the past or the present. It doesn't, or the past and the future, it's not in the present, right? So it's, you know, well, if I do this, then I'm going to lose clients. If I raise my prices, this is going to happen, right? And she's like, well, find the proof. Right. The last time you did, you maybe lost a couple of clients. You didn't lose all of them, right? Or, you know, if you can't post on Instagram, like no one's listening. Well, you had one person reach out. You might not have 10 people a week reaching out, but, you know, you have to find the proof. And I feel like that tool is very helpful to get you over that hump. Yeah. That and what if it does work out? That's that's what I start to do now because I do the same. I'm like, I f- try and find what's the truth. And then I try and go, well, what if like, well, what if this doesn't work out? What if I lose all my clients? What, what if I never get any new clients? Well, what if I do though? Mm-hmm. Like, what would that look like? Like, what if I, what if I do gain more clients that are paying my higher price? It's like, we always go to the negative. I don't know why, like, why is that? Do you know why? I don't know why I'm sure. I mean, I, I know that we do a lot of mindset work, but I'm not sure. And I'm more of like, Mindset work really started clicking with me, all this stuff, when I could put science behind it, you know what I mean, of like, why? So I'm not, I'm really not sure why. Um, It's something that I'm consistently working on, because I forever was glass half empty. Yeah. You know, like, literally, little kid, love orange juice, still obsessed with orange juice, and I can hardly ever drink it because of my stomach. (laughs) And I would start, I would get it, and I'd start chugging, and my mom would be like, Jordan, you know, you only get one glass. And I would literally like chug it and be like, I'd have a half glass left and just be so anxious. Like it's almost gone. Yeah. Not thinking like, yeah, I've got a whole half glass left that I get to, you know, enjoy. And so it's something that I struggle with. Um, and I personally, I don't mean to get too deep on here, but I know a lot of it for me um, comes from my dad. Mm-hmm. My dad is one of the smartest people, most so incredibly talented, like, could have been some crazy kind of engineer, can fix anything, builds houses, made his dentures. Who the fuck makes their own dentures and they look good? George Washington. <laughs> yeah, but these aren't look, like, looks like he's having a meth lab over here and he's got these like goggles on and he's making these like perfectly, like who does that, you know? And, and unfortunately for him, you know, his mindset for most of his life um, is, well, I, if this didn't happen to me, then I could be here. Or if I didn't do this, this could be here. Or we can't do this because we don't have money. And so I know for me growing up a lot, I kind of took on that identity and that attitude. Um, And so I got a little bit older and I realized um, really sports helped me in high school when I was in high school and I had some really amazing coaches that were like, look, you can do anything you want to do. You just have to work for it. And I'm like, yeah, that is so true. Especially like, I mean, being a white woman in America, I feel like I'm pretty privileged. Like really, if I want to work for something, I could, you know, achieve it easier than a lot of other people could. Like my dad really could have a white male in America. Like if he really wanted to work hard and try, he could have absolutely, you know, right. um, 
So yeah, it's just, well, it's uh, easier to blame circumstances. Like it's easier, it's easier to blame other things and be mad about other things than it is to like, look inside and one say, okay, maybe I'm wrong Two, Okay. Maybe I don't know something like three, it's time to like, learn something like that's hard, you know, or, or it's hard. It's just hard. You know, it's so easy to go, you know, you ruined my life, this person over here, but it's like really hard to go, okay, maybe I handled that wrong. Mm -hmm. Nobody likes to say sorry and nobody likes to say they don't know things, you know? For sure. I mean, the ego is something else, you know what I mean? Having to admit that you were wrong, having to admit that you don't know something, having to take, you know, having to take that on. But the older that you or for me, at least, I feel like that's gotten easier the older mm-hmm. um, that I've gotten. Um, I don't know why, but I, I feel like it's gotten easier for me. Like, yeah, you know what? I don't know, but I might know someone who does. Let me like get you in contact with them or, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm the same. I th- And I think it's because I like when people do that to me. I don't like when people bullshit me. Like I know when someone's bullshitting me just to feel like they know all the things. Everyone knows, you can tell. So mm-hmm. I would much rather someone go, hey, I'm not sure, but let me find out for you. That used to be me. It's so embarrassing. But I, me and my friends joke about it, especially my friend Aisha. I don't know why, but I would do this to her all the time. I'd always make her wrong or like always want to know. I always wanted to have the answers. You know what I mean? And then the older I got, I remember one time, like she was asking someone a question and I was answering it was something that like, why did I chime in? Chime in? Who did I think? I, who do I think I am? Do I really even know anything about this? And I remember that that day, and I had done this all the time. And I remember she gives me this blank look, and I'm like, and I finally, for the first time, felt embarrassed. And I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, yeah, I don't know, you know, and I don't know where that came from. But thank goodness I realized it because <laughs> that's just, you know, not. A good I used thing. to, yeah, I used to do the same thing, and um, it messed up a lot of friendships actually because they didn't ask my opinion. You know, I just gave it. And it's like, I've been better about that now. Now it's like, I, I, you know, do you want to know what I think? Like, (laughs) but I think we learned that through coaching too. Like I, now I ask more questions, you know, to let them try and figure it out on their own rather than, well, I can fix it. Cause I probably can't fix it to a certain, you know what I mean? I mean, maybe I could, but if they're not ready to hear it, um, but what, you know, that it kind of goes into like judgment, you know? It's like, you tell me something and then I'm going to tell you how to fix it. But it's really kind of a judgment on my part, you know, and what you need to do and how you need to fix it. And I'm not right in that, you know? For sure. It's hard. I'm still working on it. I've gotten a lot better. I know, you know, I've talked about that a lot of time. I've gotten a lot better about just trying to listen because I do. Part of my personality is I want to be solution oriented. I, I genuinely want to help. But sometimes the best way to help people is just to listen to them. Yeah. I think people a lot of times need to figure stuff out on their own. I'm that person. Like I, if I pay somebody to help me, it's different. Like I want you to tell me what you think, but like, if I'm just having a conversation with somebody and like, I'm venting about something and they're trying to fix me, it drives me crazy. Like I want to figure it out on my own, even to a point where the person could be hundred percent correct, <laughs> but I'm going to be like, screw you. I'm going to do it myself. And then, you know, like six months later, I'm like, really should have probably listened to them. <laughs> I think because like we all say that like I've heard you say that I've said that I've heard people in my chair say that and I'm like you know what I think we're all like that I think we all want to help and give solution but I just think it's part of human nature like once you get burned then you don't do it again you know yeah yeah um, 
I think I think everyone is like that. You really have to live. You really have to live and learn. And I think my theory on that is how you said, well, what if it does work out? In my mind, that is, what would it feel like? So like, if I'm like, Elizabeth does that a lot. And I do that a lot in coaching. Cause for me, once I started looking at like, well, if this happened, if my, if I did the clients that I wanted, um, if I did, I can't, I'm getting tired. Raise your prices. I did the clients that I wanted to see by service clients that I love. Okay. And I was doing the services, um, that I love to do working when I worked, what would it feel like? And when you realize like, Oh, that would feel easy. That would feel free. That would feel powerful. Once you realize the feeling, then how can you not do it? Like it, it makes you propelled forward of like, well, now that I know how I could feel on the other side. And so the same thing, like, Hey, Misty, I've done that before. I wouldn't do it because blah, 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 blah. And you're like, okay, but you don't know what that feels like yet. And so right. once you do that, and then you realize how it feels, and you're like, oh, I don't like it. Yeah. I probably shouldn't have moved in with that dude that I met right. a month ago. Then you don't do it again. You know, I just think that we need to feel things in order for things to really like resonate. When people are just scared to feel, you know, or they're scared that the feeling's going to be uncomfortable, which it is sometimes. I have one of my one-on-one clients. Um, she doesn't, she's kind of in a toxic salon environment and she, um, she kept saying she's scared that she'll get fired. She's scared that she'll get fired. And I finally asked her, what would happen if you got fired? How would you feel? And she's like, she thinks about it for a minute and she's like relieved. <laughs> and it's like, okay. <laughs> like, you know, it's like we worry about the discomfort of something when really maybe that discomfort is going to bring you to so much of a better place. For sure. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's, you know, okay. So in the, uh, a previous podcast, I'm talking with Haley, the resilient hairdresser, you know, who she is Jordan. Um, <laughs> but she, we were talking, let's go back to ego for a minute because we were talking about, um, being a narcissist. Like we're not as humans, we're like naturally like narcissistic people. And she was saying, and I've never heard anyone say this. And I've been thinking about it ever since we all need a healthy amount of narcissism. Like we all need a healthy amount of like, like I'm, it's about me, you know? And I thought that was really interesting. Cause if you think about boundaries, right? Like why are we scared to place boundaries? Cause we're scared to disappoint people. You know, we're scared to say no, we're scared to be quote unquote selfish. But when you start implementing boundaries, like, you know, everything feels better. Like your life feels better. You know, the people around you start respecting how you like to talk, how you like to live, like all these things. And I just thought that was really interesting. Do you have any thoughts on that one? (laughs) Yeah, I think that um, it's kind of a double-edged sword because a lot of things that people are saying about, you know, Gen Z is, you know, they're not going to be as in much college debt because they understand or they feel like they don't feel the need to go to college or like our generation, our parents are like, pushing you to college, like that's the way that you're going to get, you know, you need a degree to get this job. Like our parents went through that. And so they wanted that for us. And so now they're saying like, Gen Z's got, they're like fine being on their own path. They're doing their own thing. And so the people say that is like a negative thing. Right. And that kind of goes in hand in hand with that. Cause like when we're little, we're not taught to take care of ourselves. And then when we want to talk about a group of people that doesn't care what everybody thinks and is doing what they want to do, then that's bad 
you know what I mean? It's like, I don't, I don't know where that line is, but what I do know is we are not taught to take time for ourselves to take care of ourselves. Like we grew up in America where you can live the American dream. You just have to sell your soul and work five days a week, six days a week for, you know, 45 years also that you can, you know, for 10, 15 years, 20 years for the rest of your life, have some, you know, time off where you're retired and have a short amount of money that you were told to put away. You know what I mean? It's like we were sold the American dream, but not, I mean, what other part of the world does, does life like we do life? I know. I mean, God, Europe, they're like, their vacations are weeks long. You know, we feel bad taking three days off. I know. So I just feel like, you know, people say a lot of bad things about Gen Z, but I'm like, hey, again, if they are like, you know, dancing to the beat of their own drum and that's making them happy, who's to say that that's not successful? Who cares if they didn't get into college or get this job? If they got a job and they're happy in it without their degree, then why is that a bad thing? You know, and I wonder if for some people it makes them uncomfortable because they don't know how to feel that way or they don't know how to, you know what I mean? Um, well, it comes down to what other people think, you know? I mean, I, I love documentary. I love music documentaries, especially. Um, and if you watch any of them, like I really love like hip hop evolution is like super good, <laughs> but every single one of them, the, the person is trying to become something and it isn't until they truly like fall into their voice. Like Kanye West, for example, is, is perfect example. Like Kanye West tried to be something he wasn't. He tried to be like this gangster rapper. He's not a gangster rapper. He's a preppy kid guy. Like, so as soon as he switched, like if you watch the documentary, people like he was trash, he was trash. But as soon as he switched and dropped into who he actually was, like he is who he is. I mean, he's a little crazy, but you know, I love Kanye. (laughs) um, But, and that's literally, if you, anyone who's like successful, look at Billie Eilish, look at Post Malone, like look at all these people. All they did was do what they wanted to do. How many people do you think like told them that they couldn't do that? I bet so many, so many, you know, and, but it's crazy because people like authenticity to a certain extent, you know, and they want to see somebody being unique and being themselves. And we're so scared to be that because we're so scared of what everyone's going to say. When, if we just ignored everyone, all that success would come, you know, um, again, you know, same, same coaching client, like her biggest issue is she wants to grow in the industry and everyone in her salon is old school and they are telling her not to do these things. Don't do, why are you doing these things? And it's like, our goal is just drown it out until you can get out of there. Like, don't listen because you are going to excel and they're going to still be in the same spot that they've probably been in for the last 20 plus years. And because again, like you said, it's the American dream. That's what they were told. I um, used to rent a chair at a salon and I loved it. I love everybody there. Everybody that works there, except for one other girl is, you know, over the age of 55. And, you know, I could hear them. I'd like go outside to take pictures of my client's hair. And they're like, that's Jordan. She's so cute. Taking pictures of her clients. She does like this Instagram thing. Um, You know, I prefer referrals personally, but you know, these kids, like they want to get the clients from Instagram. I mean, if that's how they want to do it, but it was so much of that. Um, and I had people make comments of like, but why, 
what are you doing taking so long? Like it was a bad thing that I would do a four hour balayage because they're kind of in and out in two hours. You know what I mean? Almost as if like, but in that's what they're just trying to thought and what they, what, you know, and I, they came to a point where I realized I love them and they love me and I know they want the best for me, but I got to go. Yeah. Like it's time to go. Well, they're projecting their beliefs onto you, you know, and and I truly believe like you can do whatever you want to do. I always use the example of the dude with the sign on Instagram. He literally has a freaking cardboard side of a cardboard box and a Sharpie. And he is sponsored by Bud Light. He like he makes money holding a fucking sign on the streets of New York City. Like you can do what you want. If he can do that, you can do what you want. (laughs) Well, like what you're saying about being individual is like, it really would be cool. Think about how much happier and how much more secure we would all be if we were all willing to just step into our power. Because like you're saying about Kanye, you know, the world didn't need another JC. Right. And so really the best superpower we have is being ourselves. Somebody mentioned to me in class one time, like, I just wish I was cool like you. And I'm like, okay, well, thanks for thinking that I'm cool, A and B, but you're not, you're nerdy. What if you were the nerdy hairstylist? That doesn't mean you don't do bad work. That's who you are. The things you like to talk about, you're a gamer, like that, you do you, girl. You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to get rejected, but I think that um, if we could all really step into that, if you could really own that and be the nerdy hairstylist, the super smart, great conversation, you know, um, great business, like all the things that would probably come with being that personality, then how, how, how cool would that be? Like you would be just as, you would feel just as powerful. You would feel cool. Right. And those people, like you will attract the people that want to talk about the same things you want to talk about. Like if you, okay. So say I'm the nerdy hairstylist and I'm trying to be like a rock star, right? I'm not there. My clients are going to talk to me about rock star shit that I know nothing about. (laughs) Like when all I want to do is talk about video games, like, you know, it's like the more you are yourself, you're going to attract the people just like friends. You think about friends, you know, it's the same thing. Like you feel it when you're in a group of people in a friend group that you don't belong in, or you don't like feel good in. Um, It's the same thing with your work. Like you can attract the people that you want at your job the same way as you can attract the right friends um, and the right people in your life in general, but you have to be ready, you know, and like, you have to kind of not care what anyone thinks. Right. For sure. Which just takes time. I had somebody in my last group, we were going really deep into branding and marketing, which I really love. And a lot of people are confused when we get into it. And I tell them, you're going to feel a lot more clear when this is over, but know that this is going to evolve. It's going to change. Um, And they started having people reach out on Instagram. And she was like, I don't know if I should take these people. Are they my target market? Like we did this whole journaling. We decided that our target market was this age, um, this personality into these things. I don't think that this girl is fits the bill, right? And so I also had to explain, it's about attracting the personality. So like not everybody that walks in my door is, you know, listening to vinyl records and wearing rock shirts. I've got girls that are super country. You know what I mean? The thing is, is they know what to expect. They know who I am. And in turn, the whole quote unquote cool factor is just about being laid back. So they, you know, like I still have a a few ladies that are, you know, 
that are older, you know, 60 years old, but they know that Jay-Z's on when they walk in the salon, you know what I mean? They know who I am. And so our personalities go together. So I was trying to explain to this person that it's okay to have people that are different. Like they don't have to fit the bill exactly. The whole point of this is to, if you really narrow down who you're talking to and you put yourself, put that out there on the internet, on social media, you're just more guaranteed to get people in your chair that you like and that want the services that you provide. That right. doesn't mean that they're going to be, you know, if you like exactly like you are, or you know what I mean? Well, and that would be boring. Like, I don't want to hang out with me all day. Right. But I don't, <laughs> and I don't think people necessarily want that. I think people are confused by that. Like, well, if you're telling me to talk to this person and somebody else comes to me and they're not, and I'm like, so should, if I have someone that reaches out, reaches out to me that only wants to come in twice a year, um, is super easygoing down with my professional opinion is going to buy the product, super trusting of me, but she is, um, a super like high functioning, smart person that is a little bit, you know, awkward. Should I not take her? No, right. I really like her and I'm probably going to really enjoy doing her hair. And I know she's going to do what I ask, you know? So I think that people are confused and rightfully so of, you know, well, what's the point then of trying to narrow down ages and where they shop and what they do. And it's like, well, it's because you have to, you have to know and have a formula that you can consistently put out there. That's going to attract a person the personality that you enjoy, you know? Yeah. It's funny. And it's true about how it evolves. Cause I remember when I first started, um, like kind of figuring out what branding even meant. Um, and I was behind the chair and one day I was like, I don't know if I heard it somewhere or something. So I was kind of like positioning my post that I thought, people wanted to hear. Right. And then one day I was like, I'm just going to type like I would talk to my client. Like, I'm just like, I'm just literally going to say exactly what I would say if somebody was standing in front of me in the salon. And I started doing that on my Instagram and it was crazy. It was insane. How many, every new client was ideal, every single one of them, because they already somewhat knew me you know, when I did my website, I went through the whole branding thing with Haley Davis and it was the same thing. Like I could put a cuss word on my website because I, I don't really cuss behind the chair, but I'm a cusser, you know, like, um, <laughs> like people knew who I was to a certain extent before they even walked in. So they knew that they would get along with me. And it was crazy because it seems so simple. Like it's it, but it felt so hard. <laughs> hard because I mean, I remember you and I talking about that a lot when we first started. Okay, we're gonna educate. We need to start talking, and it and it it did feel very foreign. I did find myself talking a lot more proper, like not sounding like me, like trying like trying to sound like an influencer. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and then once you do, it's so scary, and then it just becomes so easy, and it just becomes so natural and normal. But I do want to. I meant to say this earlier, and then I got sidetracked. But um, when I you keep, you've said the world evolve a couple of times. Then I talked about branding marketing also made me think of this. So when we were talking about like journaling and writing down, like, you know, what does successful to you look like? Where do you want to work? What do you want to be doing? And then working backwards. Um, one of the biggest things that I've learned that I think also helps with burnout is just realizing no and knowing and having it in the back of your mind and knowing that things are going to evolve because once you do hit your dream schedule, you have your dream um, clients, you're doing all these things, 
there does come a point of time down the road where you're just starting to feel burnout again. And it's because we forgot to check in with ourselves and go, oh yeah, we are people that change and evolve and what I'm doing right now is probably not what I wanted two years ago and that's okay, you know? And so I think it's important just for people to understand behind the chair and business and anything that um, things are going to evolve and that's okay and let that happen, you know? I used to just love doing hair color up until probably six months ago. Didn't matter what it was, I loved doing hair color and I never um, really cared about the exact color that I was doing as long as it was just color. Right. And I, and that's not the case anymore. I'm a lot more um, picky about what I'm actually doing. And I used to not want to spend any time, um, you know, in the beginning when I was first learning, I would, I remember like in Texas, ash is a big thing. And I remember the first time I was like, I want to try gold, like done, done, done. Like, yeah. how do I do this? I've never used it. Is it going to be yellow? Is it going to be brassy? We don't know, but I got to try it out. And putting on Facebook, like, I need someone, you know, I need a model. And so I, I was always doing things like that to try new things. And that's what helped um, my bank of knowledge and my love for hair color. And um, for a while, I still love to learn, but I wasn't doing a lot of that. And now I'm on this kick where I'm just doing a ton of that. Like, again, you know, and I, so I think it's important just to know that things are going to evolve and again, we're not taught to listen to ourselves, And so unfortunately we get to the point where we're really unhappy or we're really burnt out again before we check back in and go, oh yeah, well, maybe I didn't even think that, you know, something was going on. Like, and once you start doing that over time, it's always work in progress, but I feel like your intuition starts kicking in more. And so you start getting those little, I call them like notifications. Like you start getting those notifications like earlier and sooner. So you don't stay in those long ruts. So like doing all this work. One of my um, coaching students asked me last week, I was just telling her, I'm going to raise my prices again. These are some things that I'm adding on, um, you know, to uplevel the experience, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, thinking about it just makes me anxious. Like, she's like, even you are continuing to do this. Is this a never ending cycle? And I was like, it's a never ending cycle, girlfriend. I was like, but the good news is it gets easier. Um, it's not so mentally taxing. It's not, it's, it's never not hard but it, the, it just becomes okay. And it is, it's just a part of business because you're not going to be the same person in two years. Your life is going to change. You maybe you're going to pop out another kid, like things are going to change and it's okay for things to evolve. You know, you're again, you're never going to reach a destination. I think once you realize that things are life, realizing that life is fluid, clients are fluid. They're going to come, they're going to go, you know, you're going to, live here you're not gonna live there like life is fluid and so why of course our business is fluid too yeah well and you're allowed to change your mind you know and it kind of comes down to um again kind of not listening not even not listening to what people think but sometimes not listening to those voices in your head you know i mean as you know for me i stopped doing hair in september um i'm going back behind the chair one day a week because I want to. And I don't like, I think we have a hard time changing things up. And I have a pet peeve of um, people explaining things too much because they feel like they need to explain what they're doing, even to clients, to whatever, you know? And it's like, if you need to change something, whether it's in your business, in your life, whatever, you don't need to explain the why to anybody. Like you can try whatever it is that you want 
and you can change it whenever you want. And it really doesn't matter what anyone else thinks or says. Now, granted, I fully understand that is much easier said than done. (laughs) But when you really like, I think when you really start learning how to trust yourself, it's easier to kind of drown that shit out, you know, because I know for me, like going back behind the chair in my head, nobody has said this to me. I, I always like, not a single person, but in my head, everyone's going to think I failed. Everyone's going to think my education failed. I failed as a coach, you know, when I know the truth and I know the reality and it's like one, nobody's saying it. So even if they're thinking it, who cares? You know, two, Misty, stop thinking that like, who cares? Like, you know what you need and you know what you want to do, just do it. And, but it's hard. Like it's, I think that finding community and a support system that supports helping you trust yourself and doesn't just bring you down, tell you what to do. Like they ask the questions, they help you like figure it out in your head. I think that that is, um, I know for me has been the most helpful thing. 100%. I agree with all of that. Um, and I think it's okay to change. And I'm glad that you feel that way. Cause I certainly feel that way. And I tell people that all the time, you know, one of my girls, she's like, I don't, I don't think I want to do haircuts, but what if I take them off the menu and then I miss them? I'm like, then you're going to add them back on. Yeah. Like we can do, you know what I mean? Like, it's totally okay. Um, that's the beauty of what we do, you mm-hmm. know, especially if you're independent is you get to make those decisions where that's something that we're, we're really fortunate to do because a lot of other industries don't have that. I mean, you have, you know, a boss that is, you know, rightfully so expecting A, B, C, and D to be done, you know? So I think it's cool. And I do think it's hard to listen to yourself. I really agree with that. And I, um, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't, sometimes I know what to do and my little notifications are going off and telling me Jordan. And then I, and then I don't do it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just part of being human, but I agree. I think it's really, um, it's just the evolution, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, I know you and I have these conversations all the time. Um, but, and I don't know if it's just a female thing. I don't know if men go through this too, but it's like some weeks I will know exactly what I need and I will not question it and I will do it and I will put it into motion. And then like, there'll be like another week where I'm just like, what the fuck am I doing? I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Like, so if you're listening and you think, oh, we're just so like self-assured and blah, blah, blah. Like we're not like, (laughs) just so you know, like (laughs) there's going to be the hard days. Um, but I think the difference now is one, again, like a lot of, I'll call Jordan when I have those hard days, um, and kind of be reminded that it's okay to feel it, but no, it's going to go away. And I think that's the difference where before it was like, I would feel it and I would just stop, you know what, this isn't right. I'm just going to never mind. I'm not going to do any of this. And I would never pursue it where now it's like, okay, Misty, like kind of like when you're like at a hot yoga class, right? Like I hate hot yoga, but like the whole time I'm doing it, I'm like looking at the clock. Like, is it like, I know it's going to end. It's kind of the same thing. Like I know that these bad thoughts are going to end and I know that I'm going to have good weeks again. So just feel it, take a nap if you need to, whatever, but don't stop. Like don't quit. Yeah. There was this whole thing in the hair industry recently where um, a friend of mine um, was talking with some other people publicly where people could listen in and she they were talking about 
um, feeling imposter syndrome as a coach or as a mentor, right? And um, a few people reached out and made this whole big deal about, I think it's really unprofessional that you are trying to coach and educate and saying that you feel insecure or that you're feeling imposter syndrome. And I'm like, well, do you think that all these big name people that are coaching and have these programs are super like are, are alien and don't have human feelings because that's not real life. And if somebody's telling you that they never feel insecure or that they never feel um, imposter syndrome or that they never feel some type of way, I wouldn't trust them. I mean, I'm sure there's a couple of very high functioning people that are like that. And that's a very small percentage of people. And I don't think that comes from being super secure. I think that is like a very rare, like kind of personality trait, you know, like those just super high functioning, like Bill Gates or, uh, right. or what's the guy from Apple, uh, um, jobs, Steve jobs. I yeah. Think that is a very, very rare, like those people exist, but for the most part, um, but that's yeah, not to I'm, say I'm that they gonna... still don't have those feelings, you know, we just don't know about right. them and they're also men, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> they don't have hormones. <laughs> But I just think it's like, like, you know, I, when this person got backlash, I was like, well, what do these people think? Do they think all these like high functioning people, like don't have bad days. They don't feel like just cause I'm teaching you about how to be more secure and stuff doesn't mean that I'm not always working on it. And that 90% of the time I'm walking the walk, but I'm also not going to lie to you and tell you that the other percent of the time that I don't doubt myself, that I don't compare myself to others on Instagram, that I'm not nervous to raise my prices again. I'm going to do it because I'm going to walk the walk, but I'm not going to lie to you until you don't feel that way. Yeah. I think the difference is, is the people that actually still take action despite the feelings. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 Because I mean, I think most people and I, and, and the feelings change, you know, things get easier. Just like when you first start doing hair, you know, you're super scared to get new clients you know, the more you do it, the more like now I get a new client. I don't have to think twice. Like it's, I'm not even nervous, you know? Um, but different things will make, you know, raising, I've always, I get nervous, always changing my schedule, always raising my price. Shit. Walking away from behind the chair after 17 years was terrifying. It was just as terrifying to send out the text messages that I'm coming back one day a week. Why? Because I was scared people would be like, well, I have already found somebody. Like I would, again, goes back to, I was scared of being rejected, which didn't happen. Actually, it was, people were very excited, (laughs) which is great and made it easier to text the next person, you know, and they were excited, made it easier to text the next person. And, And of course I got a few people that are happy or didn't respond, you know, where they are. And, but that was okay, you know, too, like you expect that, but Yeah. It's really everything we've talked about really all comes hand in hand, you know, like it comes down. Do what? I said, so tell me what you think about this. Well, hold on. You said it comes down to what I thought you were done talking. Like reject, you know, not wanting to be rejected and yeah. For me, rejection is like one of the worst things because, um, I got bullied a lot in like elementary school. And then I actually, um, as an adult, I was like 21, 22, working in um, a salon in a nice part of town. And it was a, it was a high-end salon. There was like 20 girls there, you know, under the age of 30, you know, and um, a couple of the girls decided I was um, a brown nose or kind of annoying. I just 
I chalked it up to like, I'm a hard worker. Like, I'm sorry that I'm doing what I'm told to do. Is that me brown nosing? But anyway, um, they decided they didn't like me. And so I got bullied at that salon. Like literally like they invited me out one night to like an hour away from here to like go out with them. And they left me in a parking garage. They let me sit there and think and like get on Facebook and see that they were out at a bar and I didn't know where I was at. Like it was on the other side of the Metroplex, you know? Um, and so I'm also really sensitive. I'm really sensitive to the bullying thing and I hate it, but that mm -hmm. also goes hand in hand with like rejection, feeling rejected. And so I'm really big on making um, people feel included, right? not even at work, but like if you're in a group of people and there is a personality that, you know, obviously isn't a little scared to like chime in the conversation, you know? Um, but I, so, I mean, I do, I've always had a fear of being, um, rejected but one thing I was going to tell you what do you think about this uh -oh. so I found myself in the last few months like chasing the uncomfortable feeling where before I was like just a few months ago I was shying away from it like it was making me sick you know but I feel almost like a dog getting a treat because every time that I'm really uncomfortable there's a reward on the other side you know what I mean like any time that I've been really scared to do something really uncomfortable I've started to also connect that feeling with like the euphoric or the relief feeling, the powerful feeling after um, that you get when you get through that uncomfortable situation. And so um, I'm in this phase of life where I'm like changing everything. I mean, I'm at the salon today. I am cleaning out every drawer. I'm about to add all this new this, new that to this, to this service, raising my prices. Like I just start getting in these phases almost kind of manic of like changing everything you know I yeah shouting me the other day do you always root tone like this and I'm like I will root tone like this for two months and then I won't do it like this for six more months because I'll be on to the next thing and then a year later I'll be doing this for another six months like I just I think I get bored and that's what keeps me interested but I have found myself lately like I've noticed like I'm starting to chase that uncomfortable feeling even more because I know that there's like a reward on the other side of it. Yeah, I do the same, but it's funny because I think all the time, when am I going to want to stop this? Like, when am I going to like, but you say that, but like, am I going to be 60, like chasing the uncomfortable feeling? Like, when am I just going to enjoy sitting on the couch with my family? I mean, don't get me wrong. I still enjoy that. Like, that's part of the things that I need for myself. Um, but like, when am I going to be like, okay, like I've got the pool in my backyard. I've always wanted it. We can go on vacation a couple times. A year. Like, you know what I mean? When am I going to be like, okay, I'm good now. You yeah. don't think ever? No, because like, again, it's not, it's, I think that's a personality trait. And I, I think that, I think there'll be times and I think it's going to change, right? There might be a time where you feel that way. And then six months later, you might not feel that way. Like I was just did an impromptu trip with my very best friends to Vegas. And we've all been best friends since high school. Okay. There's like five, six of us. And most of them are moms. We were trying to do like a Memorial Day weekend thing. Everything in Dallas was so expensive. We joked about we could go to Dallas for cheaper and we, I mean, to Vegas for cheaper. And we did. And I'm like, there was a point in time where we're all drinking, come back from the pool. And I'm literally like being stupid and rolling on the floor naked. And I'm like, guys, at what age 
is like, is when I turn 50, am I magically just going to change or will I still be rolling on the floor naked in front of you? And they're like, 100%. And so I've been thinking a lot about who we are as a person and how that changes and how it evolves as we get older, but also how it stays the same. And so I think that if you are someone that is looking for, not even, not so much looking for more, um, you know, maybe there is a time in your life where you're not looking for more, you're not trying to make X amount of money to buy this thing or do that thing or have this time off. But I do think that you still will be looking for something else because that's how you've been your whole life. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that can be bad. It can be bad. It can be the extreme where you're never content and you can never just lean into yourself and be okay with yourself the way that you are. But I also think it's a personality thing. They're like, you will 100% be rolling on the floor naked at 70 years old if we take an impromptu trip to, you know, the old lady town next door. And I'm like, you're probably right. And I'm not mad about it. Like life is fun. Right. Yeah, no, it's true. Well, and, and, and you're right though, because the discomfort maybe doesn't always have to be about money or career. Like the discomfort could be, let's go to Japan where I don't know how to speak the language. Like, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't always have to be money or career driven. Like it can be something that just makes you uncomfortable, that grows your mind, expand, you know, expand your experiences, whatever. Um, and I, I don't think that will ever change for me. So now that you say that in that way, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. You're right. This was a good conversation. Oh, cool. <laughs> I mean, all of our conversations are good conversations, but again, maybe that's my like healthy dose of, dose of narcissism that Haley's talking about, but. I mean, are you kidding? I literally created a podcast because of our conversations. <laughs> like I was like, oh, I have really awesome conversations with my friends. I think people need to hear them. <laughs> like, that is how this began. And here we are. <laughs> I love it. I love your conversations. I listen to, to your, um, to your episodes. Yeah. I listen to my episodes with me and you like halfway through before I'm over listening to my own voice, but uh, you know, I'd never re-listened to any of these episodes ever. I've never listened to any episode I've been on. If I've been on other people's podcasts, I've never re-listened to it. I oh can't. God, I do. I blink out and I'm like, what did I say? Did I, say, what did, I don't even know. Like, cause I'm just talking. You don't really remember every word from every conversation, but especially when, you know, you're putting business things out there and you're like, oh crap, what did I say? I don't even know. Well, that's why I won't listen because I don't want to sit there and go, oh, I should have said this. Oh, I can't believe I said that. Like, I'm just like, you know what? People will DM me like, oh, when you said this and I'm like, what I say? <laughs> like, so awesome. Count, let me know. What did I, what did I say exactly? <laughs> like, um, but, and I just don't like the sound of my own voice, but that's normal. <laughs> like, all right, Jordan, um, tell the people where they can find you. You can find me on the gram at, uh, <laughs> at jordan.paints.hair. There's actually another Jordan Paints here. And I, part of me is like, I should message her. I need to get rid of these dots, like these periods. Like, can I, can I buy your handle? Can I just have I thought about doing that because I really just wanted Misty Jane, but it was already taken. So I had to add like the underscore, which I'm like, wait, there's another Misty Jane that spells their Jane with a Y. Like, come on. I feel like you stole my name, but, (laughs) um, but yeah. Oh, well it is what it is, I guess. Yeah. But you you can find me on, um, on Instagram. I'm always talking about hair color. I encourage people to message me with their questions about hair color. Um, 
it's a lot of fun, but yeah, I'm a pretty open book. So um, don't be afraid to hit me up. Awesome. Jordan, thank you so much once again. Thank you so much. I'll have you back on in a month. (laughs) I'll talk to you tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah, right. Once again, thank you so much for listening to Backroom Beauty Talks. If you like what you heard, don't forget to screenshot this episode, share it with your friends, post it on Instagram, um, and tag me at underscore Misty Jane underscore and Backroom Beauty Talks um, and all the things. Don't forget to give Jordan a follow. Um, she constantly is giving out such a wealth of free information um, on Instagram and on her email list. Um, so do not miss out. I will talk with you on the next one.